is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. Welcome to Catholic Review Radio. I'm George Matisek, Managing Editor of the Catholic Review. With Veterans Day right around the corner on November 11th, we wanted to set some time aside to talk about how military veterans are cared for in the Catholic Church. Our guest is Bishop Joseph Coffey, one of four auxiliary bishops for the Washington-based Archdiocese for U.S. Military Services. Bishop Coffey currently serves as Episcopal Vicar for Veterans Affairs with his Archdiocese. He resides at St. Philip Neri in Linthicum. Veterans Affairs chaplains minister to veterans and their families in 153 VA medical centers throughout the United States. The Archdiocese for U.S. Military Services is the sole endorser of Catholic chaplains for the Veterans Administration Medical Centers. There are now more than 180 priests endorsed for service in the Veterans Administration. Here's our interview with Bishop Coffey. Bishop Joseph Coffey, thanks so much for being here on Catholic Review Radio. Oh, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Before we get started talking about some of your work with veterans, I I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about how you received the call to become a military chaplain. Uh, What drew you to the ministry as a military chaplain? Well, sure. It all started when I was in the seminary. I was studying at St. Charles Seminary in Overbrook for Philadelphia when I met a recruiter for the Air Force uh, Chaplain Corps. And he told us about the chaplain candidate program, where if you were already in the seminary, which meant you had your college degree already, you're working in graduate school, so you could get an um, automatic commission to be a, a chaplain candidate. So you get to take a chance to look at the military, and they get a chance to take a look at you, and so it's a really nice program. My bishop at the time was Archbishop Bevilacqua of Philadelphia, and he allowed me to join that program, but he said to me, I will give you no guarantees that you can go on active duty because the way it works is your local bishop has to give you permission to go on active duty as a chaplain. And he said to me, don't even think about asking for at least five years after ordination, which at that point was oh, a lot of years away, but it didn't matter to me. So I said yes, and I applied for the program. I got accepted, and then uh, for my uh, in my seminary years, I was a chaplain candidate, which meant I was a reservist in the Navy. And on my vacation time from summer and Christmas vacation, I got to do some training, places like Orlando, Florida, Gulfport, Mississippi. I even got to go to Hawaii, which was really nice because it didn't interfere with my schoolwork. I got ordained to be a priest in 1996, and I spent five years as a parish priest in Philadelphia, and I really loved being a parish priest. I was in a very large parish in Northeast Philadelphia of many weddings and baptisms, and we had 700 kids in the school. I just played basketball with the kids in the schoolyard, and I stayed in the reserve, so I drilled one weekend a month, two weeks a year as a reservist. At the five-year mark, I asked uh, now Cardinal Bevelock if I could go, and he said yes. So I went off to the Marines in Okinawa, Camp Schwab, and that started my almost 20 years on active duty as a Navy chaplain. And then just two years ago, I got the call from the papal nuncio, Archbishop Christophe Pierre, 
letting me know that the Holy Father had appointed me to be an auxiliary bishop for the military archdiocese. And so that's what I've been doing for the last two years as the vicar for veterans affairs for the military archdiocese. So that's how I actually became a chaplain and a bishop for the military. What attracted you to becoming a military chaplain? Why did you want to serve in that capacity? Well, that's a great question. My father had been a doctor in the Navy for many years as a reservist, mostly we lived in Philadelphia, and I remember as a little kid, he would go down to the Philadelphia Naval Yard as a doctor, um, and he would take us to the officer's club every once in a while on a Sunday. We'd walk up the hill to Veterans Stadium for an Eagles game on Sunday. I know the uh, Ravens fans don't want to hear that, but that's all right. <laughs> we, we love football no matter what, right? So anyway, um, and then my brother, Jim, my younger brother, had gone to Villanova. He was in ROTC at Villanova. He became a naval lieutenant on a frigate out of San Diego. So when I found out that the, uh, the chaplain candidate program was in San Diego, I thought that would be a great way to spend the summer with my little brother, get a chance to look at the Navy, think about the chaplain corps. So I guess I came from a Navy family. I loved the Army-Navy game as a kid growing up. And so the idea of serving in the Navy sounded very interesting to me. And then I, I met some Navy people who said that there was actually a shortage in the Navy. They needed more priests, which is even worse now, a bigger shortage. So I thought that would be a great way. It's like a call within a call to, to serve as a priest, but also serve as a naval officer. And you get to do both. You're a Navy. Uh, as a chaplain, you, you wear a rank. You're, you're a naval officer. And then you're a, you're also a priest, so you have two different sides of the collar. The cross symbolizes you're a Christian chaplain, and then the, your rank is on your other collar, telling you telling people what rank you are. So it was a, really a call within a call, and I felt very honored and blessed to be, have been able to do it. Twenty eight years altogether, nine in the reserve and nineteen on active duty. So I'm very proud to have served in uniform, our country and our church. Your service corresponds with the time the United States was at war in Afghanistan and Iraq, and you've had many profound experiences in, in the field, I'm sure. But could you share a few of your own most memorable moments ministering to men and women stationed in war zones? Sure. Well, as a Navy chaplain, we serve the Navy, the Marines, and the Coast Guard. So that means the Marine Corps and the Coast Guard don't have their own chaplains. They use Navy chaplains just as the Marines would use Navy doctors, Navy nurses, Navy dentists, and Navy corpsmen. But interestingly enough, they have their own lawyers. There are Marine Corps lawyers. I'm not sure why that is. But anyway, <laughs> so I served as a priest with the Navy, the Marines, and the Coast Guard. In the Navy, I had uh, three different aircraft carriers where you're the only priest with strike group. That means you're the priest on the carrier for 5,000 sailors, plus the smaller ships that go out supporting the carrier as part of the strike group, or it used to be called the battle group. So I had some really great experiences with that. I deployed to the Persian Gulf for six months and the South China Sea for six months off the coast of North Korea. Went to many liberty ports around the world, and uh, one of my most memorable places to say mass was on the top of Mount Suribachi in uh, the Iwo Jima. I'm sure many people remember the famous flag raising, uh, the most famous picture of the war, a very iconic photograph of the flag raising well 
just being on top of that mountain, looking down at the black sand beach below, I just prayed for all the men that died in that horrible battle 75 years ago. So that was a very memorable experience. Um, and just saying mass on the flight deck of the carrier Easter Sunday morning as the sun's rising, they took a picture of that, which became a pretty well-known picture. It was actually hanging on the wall of the Pentagon outside of the chap- chief of chaplain's office. And many, many people have seen that picture. So that was a great great example of serving the people out at sea, saying mass on a carrier on the Persian Gulf or on the Pacific Ocean or on the Atlantic Ocean. And I remember in my homily, I just said to the folks, think about this. I'm offering mass. I'm about to offer you the body and blood and soul and divinity of Jesus Christ, who is God, who created the universe, who created the oceans on which we're sailing right now. And that's amazing to think about that, but that's our faith. That's what we believe. So it really was a, a, a great blessing for me to serve. Also in Afghanistan for seven months, I served with the Marines, and that was a bit scary. I'm a big coward when it comes down to it. I paid I played paintball once, and I never played it again because I got shot in the neck with a paintball, and that really hurt. And I thought, this is awful. I could never do this for real. So luckily, the Lord spared me from any actual firefights. But when I was over there, I would go from FOB to FOB. They're the forward operating bases. And I would uh, say mass for the Marines out in those camps. And I, I remember worrying about getting blown up by IEDs and also snipers getting shot at. So I did a lot of praying, spun the beads, prayed a lot of rosaries, and I gave out many, many, many hundreds of rosaries that people had sent me, different organizations that donate them. So I never had a Marine turn down the rosary beads, never. They were always grateful to have them, and I I handed out many of them. So those are just some of the experiences I had in my time on active duty. What are the men looking for from a priest in that situation? I mean, they're, they're obviously under such tremendous stress, and there's the constant death a threat of death even. So what are they What are they looking well, for? Well, sure. Yeah, every time they go outside the wire, that's what it's called when you leave the camp, uh, they know it's, it's dangerous out there. So I would hear a lot of confessions, and I would say multiple masses. Uh, we have a little mass kit we take with us, and it doesn't matter where you are. It's, it's not too hard to find a place to say mass. You find a couple of boxes, put them together, that's your altar, or the hood of a Jeep just doesn't matter where you are. So I would say Mass, give out Holy Communion, bless the men. And another thing they were looking for is sometimes, even in boot camp, I was at the Marine Corps and Coast Guard boot camp for a couple of years. I was the command chaplain. Every once in a while I'd get a question about, you know, is it okay to serve? Is it okay to maybe take somebody's life? And I would always give them the example of St. John Paul II, our, our Holy Father, the Pope, who grew up in Poland under Nazi occupation, and he credited the West, our country and our allies, for saving the world from Nazi tyranny. And he always said that military service was an honorable profession. So I always remember the men and women that what they were doing was quite honorable. And now when you you know you stand, you go to a ball game, they'll often say, well, all veterans, please stand. Well, you know every veteran standing up has their head held high and their chest out and they stand at attention as they play the national anthem. So we're very fortunate that now we get a lot of people thanking us for our service, which unfortunately the men that came back from Vietnam didn't get that. In fact, they got the opposite. Um, So I'm glad that uh, many people are now recognizing the sacrifices that our military makes for them, for our freedom. And so I think um, those are some of the things I told the the men and women um, when I was on active duty. That's great. 
Well, our guest today is Bishop Joseph Coffey. He's the Episcopal Vicar for Veterans Affairs with the Archdiocese for U.S. Military Services. We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we'll talk about some of the work that Bishop Coffey does with the military veterans. I'm George Matasek. You're listening to Catholic Review Radio. We'll be back in a moment. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. The incoming chairman of the U.S. Bishops Committee on Pro-Life Activities hopes his brother bishops will approve a statement on the Eucharist that helps Catholics understand the gift that invites them back to active church life. Quote, I think it would be a beautiful thing if in November we were to close ranks and say we are pastors, we love our people, we want to make this an inviting church, and we want to gather people around the altar of the Lord, end quote. Archbishop William E. Lurie of Baltimore said, in discussing and voting on a document on the Eucharist during their Baltimore meeting November 15th through 18th, he said the tone should be pastoral, quote, not compromising our teaching, not denying that it is possible to exclude oneself from the table of the Lord, but laying the foundation for the bishop's multi-year project of helping Catholics better understand, appreciate, and celebrate the sacrament. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. Loyola University, Maryland has named Terrence M. Sawyer as the institution's 25th president, the first lay president in the 169-year history of the Jesuit University in Baltimore. Sawyer, currently Loyola's senior vice president, was chosen after a national search following the June 2021 retirement of Jesuit Father Brian F. Lenane. Sawyer will begin as president January 1, 2022. A parishioner of Church of the Nativity in Timonium, he has served at Loyola for 23 years. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, I'm Kevin Parks. This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Review Radio. I'm George Matisek. Our guest today is Bishop Joseph Coffey. He's the Episcopal Vicar for Veterans Affairs with the Archdiocese for U.S. Military Services. Bishop Coffey, could you tell us a little bit about what your responsibilities are as Episcopal Vicar? Sure. When I tell people that I'm with the military archdiocese, not everyone knows what that means. So what that means is everybody who's Catholic who serves in our military, in our Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine Corps, Coast Guard, and now even the Space Force, while they're in the military, they belong to the military archdiocese. And as most people know, we have military bases all over the world. So geographically speaking, we're the largest archdiocese in the world. So that's a pretty big territory. So Archbishop Brolio is our military archbishop. He's headquartered in Washington, D.C., down the street from Catholic University. He has four auxiliary bishops to help him. Uh, bishop Spencer is located on the East Coast. He covers all of our U.S. bases. That's 73 bases east of the Mississippi. Bishop Buckin is headquartered in San Diego. He covers our U.S. bases west of the Mississippi. Bishop Bill Mom is in Germany. He covers our U.S. bases in Europe and Asia. 
So he covers 10 time zones. And I have all the military hospitals. Uh, they're called, I'm sorry, not the military hospitals, the veterans hospitals. They're called the VAMCs, the Veterans Administration uh, Medical Centers. There's 152 of them in the U.S. in every state. And uh, almost every one of those VA hospitals has at least one Catholic chaplain. The bigger ones have two to three. And all of those VA priest chaplains are endorsed by Archbishop Barolio and the military archdiocese, just as all the military chaplains for the Army, the Navy, and the Air Force chaplain corps are all endorsed by Archbishop Barolio. So I'm the vicar for the priest chaplains who work at the Veterans Administration Hospitals. So I, my, one of my main responsibilities is to, to make pastoral visits where I actually go and physically visit the veterans' hospitals around the country. So that's why I live in Linthicum at St. Philip Neary Parish, um, right near the airport. It's five minutes from BWI Airport, so it's very convenient for when I need to fly. But I also drive. I put a lot of miles on the on the road, visiting our VA hospitals and visiting the priests and making sure they have everything they need to do their jobs. And then when I make these pastoral visits, they take me around to the to the hospital and I, I visit with the veterans and I I thank them for their service and they tell me some sea stories and I tell them some sea stories and it's just basically a very nice pastoral visit when I go to visit these hospitals. So I'm extremely blessed to be able to do this kind of a job. And uh, I'm just grateful that the Holy Father named me to be an auxiliary bishop, and I'm grateful to represent Archbishop Brolio and our military archdiocese are all over the country. And uh, that's a, uh, I thank you for asking me to be on this show so I could, I could thank all the veterans listening. Thank them for all their service, and thank you for all that they did and the sacrifices they made uh, being away from their families for many important events like birthdays and wedding anniversaries and all kinds of things, Christmas and all those wonderful family holidays where we love to be with our families. But when the when the military folks are serving, they miss many of those holidays. So when people say thank you for your service, that's really what they're thanking them for also, is to thank them for all the time away from their families serving us. So that's what I get to do as the Vicar for Veterans Affairs. I think I read that there are approximately 180 priests who serve with the VA. Is that about yeah, right? That's about right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, and that number is probably low. Do you, is there a, is there a need for for more chaplains? Oh yes. yeah. yeah, absolutely. Especially among the military chaplains. Uh, let me give you an example. When I started in 1992 as a chaplain candidate with the Navy, we had over 200 Catholic priests serving in the Navy Chaplain Corps. Now we're down to about 50. So that's a tremendous shortage. We have we now have even aircraft carriers going out without a single priest, which was unheard of when I first started. That just wouldn't have happened. So I would ask all those who are listening now to please continue to pray for vocations and vocations within a vocation so that more priests would feel ser- called to serve in the military as a chaplain and that their bishops would be very generous and would let their bishops or let their priests go for three or six or ten or even twenty years. So we need the bishops and the heads of religious orders. They're the ones that let their guys go if they're an Augustinian or a Jesuit or Franciscan, any of the religious orders. That's how that would work. So we definitely need more priests to be able to serve as chaplains for the military and for the Veterans Administration hospitals. Do the priests who serve with the veterans, uh, do they receive any special training? There, There must be 
unique needs among them. Among uh, well, they they have ongoing training at the veter- various veterans administration hospitals. They there's a tremendous amount of counseling that's done for the veterans with various problems. Sometimes that they're not only poor physical health, but sometimes they have some abuse. I mean, uh, substance abuse problems or. Sometimes they're struggling with uh, things like what we call moral injury, things that they maybe had to do during war or things that they regret having done or any kind of problems that they might be having. So our VA priests, they have what they call CPE, clinical pastoral education, where they've been specifically trained to do counseling in a hospital setting with, with other chaplains of other denominations. So Besides Catholic priest chaplains, there's also Protestant chaplains, and Jewish chaplains, and Muslim chaplains. So all different faith groups working together for our veterans. But the, the priest specifically says mass, hears confessions, you know, gives the uh, sacrament of the sick. All the sacraments that the priests are able to give, they, they're able to do that uh, for the veterans. But then also they do counseling for veterans of all different faiths, not just Catholic, but and there's plenty of veterans without any faith. So our our priests are trained to, to help them as well. So anyone that comes to a chaplain, any kind of a chaplain, especially a Catholic priest, we know that following Christ, we're there to, to be Christ for that person, to act in persona Christi at the sacraments. So we just try to bring the love of Christ and his healing to all those who are hurting from, from anything, but especially those who are veterans and have had some difficulties from their time in the service. What do you say to a veteran who might be struggling in that way, who who might might be longing for forgiveness but may not feel that he can be forgiven? Well, I just uh, I just have to remind him, which is what every priest has to remind everybody that's in the in the confessional that uh, that we know we just had the feast of Saint Faustina very recently, and and she gave us the Divine Mercy Chaplet. A beautiful image of Christ with the rays coming from his heart. We just have to tell people that uh, all the sins in the world put together are like one drop compared to the ocean of God's mercy. So we just have to let them know that they really can believe that God can forgive them. God can forgive all of us who seeks that forgiveness and just have have confidence that, that we can be forgiven. It, it's faith, right? Faith is believing without seeing, just as we believe God created the universe out of nothing. The bread and wine becomes the body and blood of Christ. But when the priest says, I absolve you of your sins, he is acting in persona Christi, in the person of Christ. So we just assure the veterans that they really can be forgiven of anything they want to ask forgiveness for from God. And that, um, you know, tomorrow's a new day and uh, we, we move on. Nunc chepi. We begin again. It's a beautiful Latin expression. Nunc chepi. Let's begin again. Have you seen situations where you might have a veteran who's in his 90s or 100s who hasn't been willing to open up about some of his struggles that maybe found the kind of healing that you're talking about through working oh, with the chaplain? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we have those beautiful biblical verses of the... Uh, you know, the the guy comes at the last minute and gets the same wage as everyone worked all day. Mm-hmm. Well, that's God's love. That's God's mercy. So, you know, someone could be on 99 on their deathbed, and if, if they say, you know what, I was wrong. Uh, I was stubborn. I want to become. I want to get baptized. Well, we can baptize them right then and there. We can give them holy communion. We can confirm them, and boom, 
they die and they they die as a Catholic and they die having been forgiven of their sins and had their original sin washed away through baptism. So yeah, those kinds of stories they don't happen every day, but boy, are they wonderful when they do, and they, and they sure do happen. Absolutely, that's amazing. What kind what kinds of things can Catholics do to support veterans? Oh, that's a great question. Well, um, I don't know if everyone knows this, but uh, I'll just let people know that the military archdiocese does not um, get any direct uh, financial support from uh, the Vatican or the U.S. government. So Archbishop Brother does have to raise his, his budget each year, and, and people do that by sending in contributions to the military archdiocese, and that pays for you know, the salaries of the people who work in the chancery and the tribunal and our, our travel that, you know, when we travel around the country, we're, we're very frugal, actually, and we don't waste money. We definitely don't fly first class, that's for sure. So we're, we try to be very good stewards of, of people's donations to the military archdiocese, and also prayer is indispensable. So please continue to pray for all the priests, chaplains who minister to our military members and our veterans. So those two things, uh, Support and prayer support are really, really important, and, and we're very, very grateful for, for those things. Well, Bishop Joseph Coffey, Episcopal Vicar for Veterans Affairs with the Archdiocese for U.S. Military Services, thanks again for being here, and we appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome, and thanks again for asking me to be on the show. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. For Catholic Review Radio, I'm George Matisek. Thanks for listening. You're probably not getting much church news in your daily newspaper or on your local TV station. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. There are so many ways to stay in touch with the Catholic Review. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Catholic Review Media will inspire, teach, inform, and engage you wherever your faith takes you. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week, available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM, also WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area, and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, Let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.